0: Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode.
1: Reed, you're somebody who follows uh, the whole international anti war movement pretty steadily. You commented recently, actually, at a uh, an event that I think we were both at over the weekend. It was on Sunday. There was the Defend the Guard uh can you let's talk let's start with that let's talk about what defend the guard is because we didn't really cover it this week yet on free talk live uh what is defend the guard and why were you there to talk about it at the event
2: yeah i mean being anti-war is the most important uh issue to me to me it's the most anti-libertarian thing that exists it's destruction of property rights it's murder it's uh coercion you know slavery it's all of it so it's just the worst thing ever yep um but defend the guard it makes it impossible for the federal government to deploy uh, National Guard troops unless they have a declaration of war.
1: Which they haven't had since World War II.
2: Right. And I actually was incorrect in my speech because I said December 8th, 1941. That was, I guess there were like three declarations of war during mm-hmm. World War II because we declared war on a bunch of countries. So technically 1943 was the last time we actually declared war. Uh, but every war since then it's just been a police action or a authorization to use a military force or whatever. no excuse to actually deploy national guard troops without a declaration,
1: which no, is. A if 60%. you
0: declare war, don't you have to undeclare war?
1: hmm so if we have never
0: undeclared do. war are we still at war
1: well there would be like a peace armistice or something yeah. right like there's usually some sort of official end to right. war is governments fighting governments historically yeah. right yeah. and then now they have the war on terror the and the surrender war and...
2: i would say is the end of the war like yeah. when the japanese surrendered to us and then the The Germans, I think that ends the war. That probably is, yeah, Yeah. the official
1: end. But they don't do things the way they did back then. They just go ahead, the president orders some troops over to wherever it is he wants to order them to, and they drop bombs and shoot uh, innocent people and get PTSD and watch their buddies get blown up by IEDs, and then, you know, we all are forced to pay for it. Yep. And and of course, a, a large number of the people who went over to Iraq were from the National Guard.
0: And I, you know, I don't have any experience in myself, but you know, I see the social impacts. You know, you, you, you have a lot of homeless veterans, and they are you know beyond capable now of uh, you know helping themselves, and we're stuck with that. And everyone you know expects the government to take care of them because they're bitter. And it's like yeah. we've been stolen from, and they don't want they can't take care of them.
1: Did I hear somewhere that there's already one state that's doing this, or no? There's no, states no yet, state. You no know? state has
2: actually sponsored it yet, but ah, there's shoot. a movement in a bunch of different states to do it. Okay, I thought I heard something about new Idaho Hampshire.
1: for some reason, but
2: I, yeah, it hasn't passed okay. anywhere. But
1: did it already get introduced and fail in New Hampshire, or has it not been introduced yeah, at all?
2: I think it has been, or it was in committee, and then it didn't make it past committee, or something like that.
1: Okay, so does that mean they're going to be able to bring it back this year? I guess they can because it's a new. Um, Session.
2: Yeah, I hope they do. And I don't know. I mean, it didn't seem like the free state candidates did that amazingly well in the primaries, So. I don't know if anyone new is going to be willing to do it who wouldn't do it in the past. So the primary
1: was kind of interesting. I mean, I don't want to get too deep into like local elections here, but obviously our listeners are to some extent interested in the freedom movement here in New Hampshire because we do talk about it fairly often. So I'll just kind of do my overview of I, I was up pretty late looking at the results and I checked them the next day watching all the at least the people that i know as free staters the nice thing about this movement is it's so big Mm -hmm. i have no idea who they all are i understand that the like the hard left is trying to figure it out they're trying the best they can to suss out all the free staters on the ballot but i don't think even all the free staters know who all the free staters are no you know there's literally thousands of people who've moved here a decade ago yeah i'd have been able to say for sure all those people are free staters but at this point i mean i might know a couple hundred of them Maybe yep.
0: it's funny because I didn't even know. Like I, I saw. Oh, my friend won. We know Jason Gearhard. He did win. That's yeah, right.
1: Yeah, I was like, "What? He ran." Remember, we're <laughs> talking about primary races, so now he's got to go on to take right. on a, a Democrat in that case. A lot of free staters here in he's New got Hampshire got a good chance. They're running as uh, Republicans, but there are some that are running as Democrats and really yeah. freaking the Democrats out because you know they're they're constantly paranoid about. Oh, is this new person who's coming to the meeting uh, a free stater? Are they, yes, it is. Are they here to infiltrate us? Yeah, we are. They're getting super <laughs> paranoid about everybody. Good. You you know they're yeah. getting paranoid about everybody.
0: Actually, I was going to go to the next meeting. Just I'm giving a f- fair warning. Are you really? Yeah, yeah.
1: Are you going to record? <laughs> you know you're on video, right? I, yeah. know. Okay. I know. I'm no, blinking. I was blinking to view it's, the camera. It's not a bad idea. It's it's actually an interesting idea to have somebody like you, who's a known quantity. You know, you're easy to find. You're you're a public figure. They're going to know who you are. Sure. Yeah. But there's also people moving here all the time who are not out on Front Street. We don't have enough free staters or liberty migrants here in New Hampshire to completely dominate every election in the state. We're just not to that point yet. We'll never be to that point because we have to we have to persuade our neighbors here in New Hampshire. 20,000 movers, which is what the Free State project is targeted to try to get to move here and we're probably at like 4 or 5 or something. But 20,000 movers isn't enough. That's like, you know, less than 1% basically or around 1% I think of the the population of New Hampshire. Yeah. That's not enough to, you know, to make a difference most places so but, you have to influence people
0: but ironically we're winning isn't that
1: weird well yeah well that's because activists are more exactly. likely to do things than the average person and you could make the you could make the claim i think at this point and you might be right that there are more free staters meaning libertarians who've migrated here to new hampshire doing political activism then there are Republicans doing political activism yes. or Democrats doing mm-hmm. political activism. I don't know if I would go so far as to say there's more free staters than both the Republicans and Democrats, but they don't have that many people out there. I mean, if you've seen these Democrat anti-free state project uh, protests, for instance.
2: They're our best advertisers.
1: It's hilarious, number one. Right. And yes, they are advertising <laughs> for us in you know inadvertently. But- the biggest one was here in Keene, and to their credit, they did manage to turn out like 30 people. And, Joey, you and I were were both attending that thing, maybe maybe a little more than 30. Like on their side of things? Yeah, on their side yeah, of yeah, things. I would
0: say about that. Yeah. And there was
1: about 15 or 20 free state projects. Yeah, we essentially uh, doubled
0: the rally for them.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I mean, they they've got some... They've got some strength. There's no doubt about it. And they've lived here a long time. So it's not a it's not an overnight success kind of thing. So that's why I say it's like a mixed bag. And one of the big wins from uh, Tuesday, which, again, we're talking about the primary election here, is uh, Michael Yakubovich, who is a longtime listener of Free Talk Live. He's called our show. He's a state representative currently, and he's one of the top rated Liberty reps. I believe he won the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance uh liberty uh what do they call it the liberty rep of the year or whatever basically the most libertarian state rep of all of them essentially based on his voting record i think he he think he won that this year and uh, so he's an a-plus rated state rep guys got principles he's a russian uh, immigrant who came here to escape the soviet union so he's got a you know a real interesting kind of personal history so presuming Sort of the usual thing will happen, and that is more Republicans come out than Democrats in a heavily Republican district. Seems mm-hmm. likely. He's likely to defeat whoever it is the Democrats put forward, and they didn't—they couldn't even find someone to run wow. in the Democratic side of the race. Now, as I understand it, they did get a write-in candidate qualified, so there should be someone to oppose him. So its he's not guaranteed, but it's like probably 90-plus percent that he's going to get elected, and that will be the first— Free Stater state Senator in New Hampshire history, so that' no other state senators yeah, there have never been a free stater state. We've had friendlies like we've had people that are kind of like right. b rated state senators, and they've been okay, but not great. This will be a pretty big deal. Nice. right? How actually,
2: many uh, seats are in the New Hampshire Senate? 24. Yeah. Oh.
0: So
1: you've got a very... Oh, re- I thought New it Hampshire's- was more than that. No, sadly it's not. New Hampshire is really known for having its incredibly representative body of the state representatives, of which are there are 400. Right. And you break that down over 1.3, 1.4 million people, you get like 3,000 and change Per district. So it's very easy to walk a district like that or go out and literally meet every single one of your constituents. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas a senator, you're only dealing with 24 of them so they have a it's lot more quite power the,
0: quite the vote there like that, that could be swaying on many occasions oh
1: yeah he could absolutely break tie votes mm. uh, any any old time and so that could be very interesting and a lot of liberty legislation doesn't make it through the senate so maybe the fact that he's there he might be able to persuade uh some of the other so. senators on this but either way so that to me is like the big takeaway here uh the downside the the big negative from this primary is some of the most principled state reps in uh the, the world of uh, new hampshire independence lost their primaries I'll say this, I did look at some of the numbers, having seen the physical number of people in the voting location, at least here in Keene, much higher than normal. And normally when you, uh, for listeners that don't know, here in New Hampshire we actually have paper ballots. So you actually write, you know, circle in the the dots on the piece of paper and you stick it in a machine as you go out the door. Well, the machine has a counter on it, and if you look at it, you can see how many people have voted so far that day. If
0: you can look at it, because...
1: Oh, they gave you a hard time in manchester they, oh, over yeah. that last or two oh, years
0: ago right yeah. <laughs> which is i think election fraud but we're gonna let's know story
1: that, those are very interesting videos and you can see those over at uh, the breaking the flaw channel on odyssey <laughs> uh that was, was that last year was that, that was last year oh it was last yeah. year so it was a city council race So anyway, I looked at the number and like, whoa, twice as many people had come out to vote in this primary as what I normally see in a primary by the, you know, it was noon. Was that just relative
0: to this area or was it like that everywhere a little bit higher? I
1: haven't looked everywhere, but out here it was literally double the turnout. They had like 30% turnout to a primary election and normally it might be 10, 15, 15 is generally like a good primary. And so uh, looking at the actual numbers, uh, way more Democrats came out than Republicans do now of course Keene's a Democrat town so that might be to be expected but it was a lot of people coming out now of course that does you know beg the question of are we going to see a big blue wave coming up uh this year are you chuckling what do you think
2: well, I think the Republicans are doing everything they can to create a blue wave. I mean, this should be the easiest red wave in my lifetime, but like Roe versus Wade. Yeah. What else? Uh, well, that's the biggest one mm-hmm. uh, with uh, Lindsey Graham saying they want to ban abortion in all 50 states, regardless of oh, what you wow. think about that. It's really bad strategy. You know, if you really actually want to do that right now, um, you know, and then the other thing is with the student loan thing, instead of. I mean, I don't have any student loans. I Mm -hmm. didn't even go to college, but in my mind, we should be focusing on how to fix the student loan problem because it's going to get bail. I mean, there's going to be bailouts for it, and we've already bailed so much stuff out anyway. And instead of Republicans focusing on, hey, this is how we can fix the problem, they're just trying to block it when they were totally on board with all the corporate bailouts that took place. So I feel like in all in all, they're just like what are they going to do? I thought it was already a done deal. I think they're trying to block it. I don't really Uh, know how they can do that, but they've been attempting it.
1: We're going to see over 100, it sounds like, New Hampshire Liberty Alliance endorsed candidates going to the general election. I consider that to be pretty good. Uh, Now, I haven't seen the comparisons to 2020, but I know they endorsed more. The only number I saw compared was they had like 140 endorsed in 2020 and 158, I think it was, endorsed this time around. So they endorsed more candidates. That suggests that more will possibly get elected. I mean, unless
0: they're lowering their standards. I'm just kidding. (laughs) No,
1: if anything, I think that they have, uh, I think they might have raised their standards. Good. good. Because I noticed that uh, this year, they. so for those that don't know, the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance is a volunteer organization that uh, they rate all of the state representatives and the state senators. So all 400 state reps, all 24 state senators they get rated on how they vote on certain pieces of legislation. They can't take them all into effect because there's like a thousand of pieces of legislation. It's just too much. So they have specific ones that are either really good for liberty or really bad for liberty. Okay, how did you vote on this? Mm-hmm. And then they calculate that up and they give them a, a score at the end of the year. And well, in this case, it's, it comes out in the middle of the summer. But anyway, this year's the most recent one session came out and I was looking at it and I was surprised that there weren't as many state reps that got an a rating as before even though they're all the same names as this you know one year prior to that so it seemed to me like they might have gotten a little bit more stringent hmm. on that that's just my interpretation of it because it seems like you know our our Liberty reps wouldn't have gotten you know they wouldn't have changed significantly one year to the next because um, they
0: didn't legalize weed <laughs>
1: Well, and I'm actually glad they didn't, because I don't know if you... I, s-
0: no, I agree. I, yeah, the, yeah. the yeah.
1: legalization proposals have been really bad yes. here in New Hampshire. I think they had
0: three last year.
1: And they're all bad. They, yeah, they're op-
2: terrible. The opposition is basically Thomas Massey's opposition on the um what was that? The the national act that they were going to legalize marijuana isn't it the same thing like they're going to put so many taxes and regulations on it that it's not They want to treat it like alcohol in the state. Right. Yeah, I and don't know what reduced. the taxes
1: were going to look like as far uh-huh. as taxes, but they definitely were going to have regulations on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that they would be foolish to if they're going to do a taxing scheme, they would be foolish to have Anything but the lowest tax. I think if right. they're gonna do taxes, New Hampshire should say, kind of like how New Hampshire has that rule that says we're the first primary, no matter whatever happens in any other state, New Hampshire's mm-hmm. the first primary, they should do the same thing for cannabis taxes. No matter <laughs> what any other state does, we will have the lowest cannabis tax. Right? That right. makes that makes sense. That's gonna get business here, it's mm-hmm. gonna get people to move here. Uh, but of course the ideal perspective would be to not have any taxes or any regulations right. and just make the thing. Legal is not the right how about, word. How about
0: allow us? Allow it, right? Well, no, I don't like allow. Depenalize. Allow. Yeah, like Remove decriminalize. Like, you don't need to put cuffs on me for right. taking
2: a puff.
1: And this was a discussion I actually had with uh, with Zeffin, who's one of the, the activists with the New Hampshire yep, Liberty yeah. Alliance. It's like, legalization, at least in the history of it being used, always means to make legal. And to a lawyer, that means, well, we got to have laws on the world stage Things are definitely not getting freer. We covered recently the uh, the recent Frazier Institute study came out the Economic Freedom of the World Index. I don't know if you guys follow that at all, but sorry,
0: to, no, it's, no,
1: it's interesting. It's been coming out for like I don't know at least two decades that I've been paying attention, and the U.S. is surprise not number one. <laughs> <laughs> I believe oh, it really? went from number six to number seven. What is number one? Believe it or not, Hong Kong is still the most economically free place wow. as of the numbers from 2020. So the report came out, you know, like last week. Hmm. So it's 20. It's called the 2022 report, but it looks at numbers from two years prior. That's how really? they always do it. Because They have to crunch all those numbers and wait for them to be released and all that. So like, yeah, it's not a free place so- socially. I, I almost but- feel
0: like we can't even count them uh, because of. Everything that's happening there since it's ever
1: existed, <laughs> you know, I mean, and I guess you can call it economic free, freedom is what it is. I mean, you, um, you don't have a lot of freedom of speech in Hong Kong. Right. right? Yeah. It's just so
0: weird. You got to have to mix them all together. A business. I just look a business. at. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they do
1: have a free. Uh, they do have a human freedom index that they come out with as well. But that well, that one hasn't come out for a couple of years. Mm. So I don't know if they've stopped doing it or they're just maybe it's coming soon uh, for this this recent year. But and in that case, Hong Kong is not number one. Well, I'm questioning
0: this poll and standards. It's not a poll. It's uh, it's whatever study. Study.
1: It's a meta study, right? Experts say they look at a lot of other studies on a variety of different subjects, and then they come up with a score. Okay. Anyway, the U.S. dropped on that chart. And, of course, China's way down the chart and I Russia bet. is way down the chart. Uh, the headlines here from Washington Examiner, Russian President Vladimir Putin and Chinese leader Xi Jinping met in Uzbekistan where they reaffirmed their commitment to strengthening their relationship and putting their mark on the, quote, global scale. Two authoritarian, the two authoritarian leaders met on the sidelines of the Shanghai Cooperation Organization Thursday in Xi's first trip outside his country since the start of COVID. Quote, in the face of colossal changes of our time on a global scale, unprecedented in recent history, we're ready to team up with our Russian colleagues to set an example of a responsible world power And to play a leading role in putting a rapidly changing world on the track of sustainable and positive development, Z told Putin, according to Russian state media. Do you think that humans by nature are supposed to be, you know, pushback kind of people, people who want to be independent or humans by nature, people who just want to be told what to do and have a strong leader around, you know, bossing them around?
2: unfortunately
1: yeah and it seems heavier on the latter side i
0: want to say something else but i'll say it differently but fish around and find out
1: (laughs) you know what i mean
2: it seems like it's tilted more in the uh negative direction as society has evolved over thousands of years it seems like a long time ago more people would have been self-sufficient and more rebellious but Mm -hmm. now that we have such a um consumer society You know, there's just this desire for complacency and having everything put in front of you so people are less likely to
1: rebel. Well, there's no doubt that environment is a huge factor there. Yeah. But the question is, given without the environment of government school and without the environment of this consumer society where everybody's comfortable and, you know, there's no real challenge, that kind of thing, given just without those things, the nature of the human how would it go? And we don't know. Yeah. I don't think there's really any way to answer that question. But certainly the people who are, you know, in these various positions of power, they definitely understand how to manipulate. And they've been incredibly successful. And nothing made that clearer to me than the the whole COVID situation. I mean, it was, you know, even to see uh, the, the, the supposed live for your die state just putting on masks all over left and right. It was like. A real shock to the uh, to the system.
2: Yeah, I think the state of nature is to try to flourish and try to compete and try to outdo something else. Like if you look anywhere else in nature, nothing looks for pure survival or pure existence. It's always trying to push to the next level. Mm -hmm. And I feel like humanity used to be more that way. And as we've evolved and gotten more, uh, you know, more uh, technologically advanced, we've kind of given that up almost. Yeah, we've, we've kind of relaxed with the conveniences, but they don't want to take responsibility
0: when, you know, the, the hard challenges are in front of us. So they right. just kind of sit back and go along with it because it's too hard now. We, you know, they got too comfortable too long, and now they have to flex the, their rights, and people yeah. don't
1: want to do it anymore. In fact, Xi Jinping told Putin that uh, they have uh, they're going to team up. With their Russian colleagues to, quote, set an example, the Chinese leader addressed Putin as his, quote, dear and longtime friend and said further that, quote, under conditions of a global pandemic, we continue to maintain effective strategic contacts, particularly through phone calls. Putin, in his speech, said China has some concerns with the Russians' war in Ukraine, a surprising acknowledgement signaling at least a small divide between the two leaders. However, China is not going to be putting sanctions on Russia. Because China is making big, big money off of all this. As we discussed recently, the natural gas that Russia is now refusing to sell to the European Union, well, it has to go somewhere. And people in China are buying it, and then they're flipping it by selling it to the people in Europe. Go figure. So... The middlemen in China right now are very, very happy people because not only does China have all the natural gas they can consume at probably a decent rate, but they also have all the natural gas that they can sell to whoever it is in the world wants to buy it at two, three, four, God knows how many times whatever the market rate is because the Europeans are complaining right now because their power bills are, are tripling or quadrupling or in some cases dectupling like they're yep. 10xing in some cases see. so that money's going into somebody's pocket
2: it's all worth it for ukraine though all worth it to deprive <laughs> the authoritarian government that is russia to instead buy it from china
1: that's exactly uh <laughs> yeah and that's the thing they're actually saying that right yeah. like the people in uh, the european china and saudi arabia two great sure governments india i think is buying some mm-hmm. of it as well uh the uh, the European Union presidents or whoever they are the politicians there they're saying things exactly like well yeah you guys are going to be cold this winter but do it for Ukraine <laughs> you know <laughs> as though the politicians are going to suffer in some way right they're not going to
0: no i'm sorry uh, people are still living in Ukraine why
1: well you can't get out why
2: all i can say is i know we're going to be hurting for fertilizer next year cuz tons of exports of fertilizer come out of china and russia really yeah and so it's going to have a heavy effect on farming next year and that's and not good another
0: uh, co-host co-host was uh, talking to us before this uh, i guess uh, apparently they're trying to pass legislation to register your gardens
1: Ooh yeah, Matt uh, came in here and he mentioned that. I forget what the the program was called.
0: But like, go figure though. Like with the fertilizer situation and like, it, I think it's the the nitrogen is the issue. They they don't uh and like this is happening all over the over the world. Um, and I figure what country I want to say it was Cambodia, uh, is where they're just they're they went green right. They signed the Paris Agreement and uh, now. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's Cambodia, but they uh, they are not allowed to use synthetic fertilizers. So now they have to use natural fertilizer, which requires, uh, you know, from animals so like cows yeah. poop. And there's just not enough poop to go around. So <laughs> their production is down like like almost fifty percent. So
1: the food prices in these countries are just massively going up. Going up. Well, right, because if you can't fertilize your plants. Then you're going to lose more of them, right? Like they're not going to be as healthy. More right. of them are going to die, and so therefore the supply is going to lessen, and the prices are going to go up. And right? Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. But their excuses, yeah. But the environment. Mm. You know, we need to save the environment, and you're not saving the environment. You're killing the environment. Like you're not. You're. You, we have a certain population of people. We can't. You know, dominate the world surface with cows just so we can not do synthetics. But well, plus,
1: how are you going to buy? what little food might be out there if you don't even have a job like if you have nothing right like with all these businesses in the in europe and it's going to come here right because the prices of things are generally going to go up so mm-hmm. it seems like america is going to get the last of uh, of the damage the economic damage from this these sanctions sure uh but you've got businesses right now it takes that a while are while to seeing come back. their power bills are going dramatically up mm-hmm. and haven't some they doubled in seeing, new Hampshire? uh the supply rate doubled. Yeah. So it hasn't quite doubled the the final bill, but like a good chunk of it has gone up significantly. Right. Of course they've been sending god knows how many dozens of billions over to Ukraine and in the meanwhile the people of the United States, you know, have trouble even paying the power bill.
3: Yeah. Right?
2: Well, I mean, it worked so well de-escalating things by sending all this aid to Ukraine, so might as well try it with Taiwan. And, well, of course, you know. now
1: the mainstream media is crowing about how, oh, Ukraine is pushing Russia back. I mean, do you buy any of those those stories?
2: I don't know. I mean, I'll be honest, the beginning, not I guess it wasn't really the beginning of the war, but when they invaded back in March, was it? March or April? March, I think. Uh, this was the first time I was really paying a lot of attention while an all-out war was taking place because there had been wars in the past I just hadn't really paid attention to. And I was trying to decipher what was Russian propaganda and what was Ukrainian propaganda and what was American
1: propaganda. And I was like, I have no
2: idea what's true. And you just have to wait a couple weeks and find out what they were lying about.
1: I don't even think you could know what was true if you're actually there. No. Because all you can know is what you see and so, if you are in one place, okay, yeah, you know what's going on right in front of you, but what you are hearing on, you know, local Ukraine broadcast is obviously going to be a lie, and what's going on social media is obviously a lie. So there is no way to even know, even if you are in like, Ukraine.
0: Well, How is the saying going? Uh, if when'd you, wouldn't you think you figured it out? You haven't. Well, right? and
1: the yeah. first casualty of war is the truth, right? right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, these are old sayings for a reason it hasn't changed in fact right. it, may, it may be worse because of the internet now Can imagine if we had quickly?
2: internet during world war ii how much different <laughs> that war would have been it's hard to believe it's yeah. hard to
1: even imagine what that would be, It'd be like. a lot yeah.
2: less call of duty clips yeah.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, you're referencing that video game clips were literally being yeah. passed around. I don't think it was that game, but uh, another one, I think it was oh, whatever. Arma I 3 don't know games, was the name. But... Uh, the, I'd never see, heard of the game, but it's like, I don't know if it's a simulation or what, yeah. but uh, it was fooling people into thinking that there, there were real jets and helicopters getting shot down, and it was yeah. just video yeah. game footage. So, And then, of course, they were passing around a lot of old footage, too. Like, real footage, but it happened in 2014.
2: If you care about ukrainians you wouldn't have wanted this catastrophe to take place right and the same goes for taiwan like if you care about taiwan you don't want china to invade and i I don't feel like china has a ton of reason to actually invade taiwan because they're winning taiwan politically in the long game they'd much rather reinstate taiwan politically it seems like china is like an empire yeah if they could they'd conquer the whole world Sure, right. but they don't want to if they can do it politically without, like, actual invasion. Well, yeah,
1: it's more valuable if you can get the factories that haven't been destroyed rather right. than bombed out husks. Yeah.
2: Like, the biggest reason they would actually do an all-out invasion is from us mm-hmm. rattling our sabers and getting involved yeah. in the and first us, place. And by us, you mean the federal United government. States. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going. I'm sorry, I'm on right. a libertarian podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, they, the Chinese spokesperson said the following. The one China principle is a political foundation... Uh, for u.s china relations if the bill continues to be deliberated pushed forward or even signed into law it will greatly shake the political foundation of china u.s relations and cause extremely serious consequences to china u.s relations and peace and stability across the taiwan strait so i mean this is just a senate bill at this point right like it could completely die here and and not move forward uh but you know you got china out there saying hey look they're taking this pretty seriously.
0: Yeah. I wonder has it's, uh, it's probably military. It's probably military str- uh, strategies or something because isn't it the location of Taiwan very strategic? I'm just That's right guessing. next to China, is yeah. it? Well, I mean, it's in a
2: spot where it's military advantage, you know. Oh yeah. I mean, if we could have military bases there, we would definitely want them. Uh but China would not no be a fan chance. of that, yeah.
1: Uh, China claims the self governing democracy of Taiwan as its own territory and hasn't ruled out retaking the island by force if necessary. The sides mm. split after a civil war in 1949, so according to the AP here, and have no official relations with China, uh, sorry, and have no official relations with China cutting off even informal contacts following the election of independence leaning Taiwanese President Tsai Ing wen in 2016. Under the one China policy, the U.S. recognizes the government in Beijing while allowing for informal relations and defense ties with Taipei. It takes a stance of strategic ambiguity toward the defense of Taiwan, leaving it open whether it would respond militarily were the island attacked.
2: Yeah. So when Biden said, yes, we would intervene, that's when it shocked everybody because it was leaving the ambiguity out and saying, yes, we would.
1: The Taiwan Policy Act of 2022, as it's being called, approved by the committee this week, sets out to, quote, support the security of Taiwan and its right of self-determination. Alex Jones is going back to court again. As you might have heard, he recently lost a huge civil case in Texas. like Something like $45 million. It was that much?
2: I heard they're capping it at like $3 million or something, though. Have you heard that, I too? Heard that I heard that It rumor. was like $2.2 when yeah, I first heard
0: about yeah, it. but it was, then, yeah.
1: I, I haven't been able to verify that rumor is true, but I did see that posted mm-hmm. within uh, within hours of the was, the trial.
0: There was a lot of numbers going around, and basically the news is report like trying to report on how much he's worth personally, mm-hmm. not like with the business and everything with Infowars. Yeah. but like I well, don't they know, they sue him, not
1: Infowars, right? Right,
0: right, right, and yeah, because they couldn't really get his co-host and everything like that, even though they were testifying or whatever. But um, yeah, but they uh Generally, like they were trying to go after how much wealth he had personally, which mm-hmm. I think they were saying was like around sixty-five million dollars or something like that. Wow, that he personally had because like uh, he got divorced and he had to split his his uh, his savings there, which was like sure. one hundred and twenty million. So Oof. Alex Jones was worth one hundred and twenty million when he was married. You know, I mean, damn, yeah, that's crazy. That's and he gets most of that from his supplements. Seriously, <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. Bye-bye pills. Yep. Oh, yeah, he's all about that. Mm -hmm. Uh, AP reporting that a month after losing one nearly $50 million verdict, conspiracy theorist Alex Jones is set to go on trial a second time for calling the Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting a hoax and causing several of the victim's families emotional and psychological harm. A six-member jury God. with several alternates in Connecticut will begin hearing evidence this week on how much—apparently it started Tuesday—on how much Jones should pay the families since he's already been found liable for damages to them. The trial is expected to last about four weeks. Last month, Texas jury ordered Jones to pay $49.3 million to the parents of a six-year-old Jesse <laughs> Lewis, one of 26 students— and teachers killed in the 2012 shooting in Newtown, Connecticut. Now, look, whatever you feel, and Jones does say he's going to appeal that verdict, but whatever you feel about Jones, I mean, yeah, these people are very opinionated about this guy. Right. Mm-hmm. He doesn't deserve this kind of restriction on what should be free speech. Yeah. You right. Know? Like,
2: yeah, once you get to the point where you could offend people or say that people are lying when some people died. It's just scary territory, you know? Like, I think you should be able to... I mean, like, with Ukraine, if you were questioning any of the narratives surrounding the war, you were right. are you a gonna denier, sued? you know, like, whatever, yeah. Are you so. going to have to pay? Could
0: you, be, could you imagine being sued for every tall tale you've ever told? They need to show some evidence of the case. You know, people are demanding it. I think they need to... Look, I'm, like not, dead I'm, not, bodies of children? I'm not denying anything. What yeah, do you want to yes. see? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to see anything. I'm just saying... Isn't it enough to saying... In the defense of the argument. Saying,
1: isn't it enough to have parents saying, yeah, my child's dead?
0: Well, there we had to bury our own. There's child. some weird things in that whole story too, and we need to, you know, look at it a little bit closer. I don't know. Maybe I just need to look at it a little bit closer. That's all you know. That, but I, I looked at uh, that. There was this actor guild, and a lot of the parents were part of that acting guild. It was really strange stuff. I don't know if you guys ever got into the conspiracy of it. No, I have not
2: dug that deeply nope. into it. There's some subjects I just don't want to touch, and this is one of them. I know.
0: This <laughs> is not worth it. It's just, you know, there's always these suspect stories, though, like, let's go. Let's. We, we need something.
1: I mean, people act in small-town production plays, right. right? Like, there's production yeah. houses around here in Keene. Uh, Johnny Ray was one of our co-hosts for yeah. years, and he's an actor in the it's local area. It's just kind of odd. It's just odd what and was going on with it. Everybody knows these people, because it's a small town. I mean, I... I don't know where Sandy Hook is exactly. Apparently, Newtown, Connecticut, doesn't sound drove like a big city. I drove by it city. a couple weeks
2: ago. Yeah. Is it a
1: big, big city? No, no, it's so cool. like having a a play that local parents are involved in isn't like unbelievable. I
0: understand now, that,
1: but I think there's
0: some creepy stuff surrounding. it All right, well, as well, if you've
1: been paying attention, I'm just going to ask. I'll play devil's advocate okay. here for you. Yeah, uh, what happened to the kids?
0: I think they're dead. I mean, I, you ask me a personal question. I'm just saying. In Alex's defense about this whole situation, is if you're not getting any hard evidence, you're allowed to question these things and and pull it out. You
1: know, like I think people should be allowed to question. I yeah. I don't disagree with that. But I mean, he's I think making what is he making claims that it never happened? Is that what I he's making claims about? Th- I think at one point Jones did say that. I think he has denied entirely. I don't. I have not listened to a show in any meaningful from, sense at all. From ever, when, I, when, so I when this was know.
0: all going on, I was kind of paying attention to the whole Alex Jones. He called thing.
1: it a hoax,
0: apparently. Well, this was like in the first two weeks of it all happening, so it's like we'll
1: wait until the facts come out, kind of thing before you. Well, you never get claims. the facts from the government.
0: No, you're not. So yeah. I mean,
1: you just you just kind of have to take some people's word for it and if there are enough people out there saying yeah my kid was slaughtered by an insane shooter i don't think that's unbelievable now if you want to go into conspiracy land was the shooter put up to it by the government was he brainwashed Mm -hmm. you know there's a lot of interesting theories out there and who knows what the truth is behind these things right or was he just on meds and he was just one of your typical school shooters who you know is on one of these uh, ssris and goes insane and instead of killing himself decides to kill other humans beings which is one of the quote-unquote side effects of some of these uh, ssris as i understand it so you know the simplest explanation is usually the one that's correct isn't that occam's razor Mm -hmm. so i tend to go with the occam's razor on these things but that's not to say that you know there's no other possibilities there certainly are do you really believe guys in caves across the
0: world that live in desert Really was able to fly planes into these buildings and take it all down. Or were they just like you know pitting to blame them?
1: A lot of the uh, conspiracy videos were getting posted around for the anniversary that just happened, obviously over the weekend. And, and so, of course, I don't spend any time on this generally, but it's, it was right in front of my face. Like, oh, what's this one? And somebody showed video of what looked like explosions happening inside of Building Seven right before yes. it came down. Mm-hmm. And, what was that? Was that? Uh, did they edit that video? Is it? I think that video is edited. You think it's fake?
2: Yeah. Okay. Could I think be. that one is? But Could with be. with nine eleven, this is why I hate. Alex Jones, because but it's hard to know what's real. Yeah, I mean, Alex Jones has sensationalized everything to such an extent that no one wants to look beyond the official narrative on a lot of these subjects, whether mm-hmm. it's nine eleven or whatever it is, because instantly you just get lumped into this category of someone who doesn't believe there were planes, or you know, where the official story is that the Saudis gave logistical and monetary support to two hijackers mm-hmm. who flew Flight seventy seven into the Pentagon. And that they were uh, the CIA, the NSA, and eventually the FBI were monitoring the hijackers in the cells around the country, and they never communicated with each other and botched it. And then you know they ended up flying the planes into the buildings, and there was they and never then they stopped them. they invaded Iraq. Yeah. yeah. But then you got
0: then you got Larry <laughs> Silverstein's comment, uh, which was further questioned by uh, our friend uh, Luke uh, Radowski mm-hmm. uh, from We Are Change. He, uh, Larry Silverstein, said in an interview that you know, billing 7 was, you know, gone and we we decided to pull it, right? Mm -hmm. So, and then Luke uh, questioned him uh, at a press conference and he just, Larry Silverstein just wouldn't answer it. Mm -hmm. Like, these are really like, you know, literal, you know, words to use and uh, he wouldn't defend himself from what he had said. And that's all out there.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's very questionable. There's no doubt about it. Uh, so a little bit more on Jones here. Uh, so apparently, again, he's already been ordered to pay out in Texas, and now he's back in court. The Connecticut case has a potential for an even larger award because it involves three lawsuits which have been consolidated that were filed by 15 plaintiffs, including the relatives of eight of the victims and a former FBI agent who responded to the school shooting jones who runs his web show and Infowars brand in austin texas also faces a third trial over the hoax conspiracy and another pending lawsuit by sandy hook parents in texas so geez so he's going they're coming after him in texas again and they're coming after him in connecticut so they get into uh the, the waterbury connecticut trial which is uh happening i guess now or in imminently It's uh, happening about 18 miles northeast of Newtown. InfoWars' parent company, Free Speech Systems, which has recently filed for bankruptcy protection, is also named as a defendant. So I guess their thoughts are, well, we'll not just go after the individual. We'll go after his corporation as well, since there's probably money there. And, of course, Jones is saying, no, I don't have any money. Now, Reid, you told me off the air you've got some opinions about Alex Jones. And he said something recently that was uh, fairly upsetting.
2: Oh, about libertarians? Yeah, I mean, in general... I don't like Alex Jones because I feel like he sensationalizes everything to an extent that people are either not willing to look beyond the official narrative, or if they do look beyond the official narrative, they get dragged down a rabbit hole of BS that's just like a totally inaccurate. So I feel like he's not much of an agent of trying to uh, you know uncover the truth. But yeah, he uh, he went on Stephen Crowder's show I think yesterday mm-hmm. and said he is now anti-libertarian. ...which wow. I'm actually okay with that because <laughs> I mean, I, when I has he
1: ever been for pro libertarian?
2: Well, he says he was back in like the 90s and the early 2000s, which I think huh. is kind of accurate. Maybe so. I, I don't know, know Scott whole lot of Horton him. actually used to know him way back. In There's in a lot of
0: overlapping, yeah. you know, things with Alex Jones and the libertarian movement. I mean, yeah. you had you know Ron Paul on his show many many times. Actually, he did, but then yeah. he
1: went all Trump in 2016. Yeah, and like if you were if you were going to make the argument Alex Jones was a libertarian. He he sure as hell wasn't after Trump. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, he seemed to have kind of turned around after Trump lost, but that's typical for Republicans, right? You know, Republicans always sound more libertarian when they're not the ones. So he who are finally in power. had that
0: feeling when, like I did with Ron Paul not winning, he got that feeling when Trump didn't win.
1: And, like, you know what I mean? Well, I mean, he used to be at least something you could give to alex jones was he was at the very least consistent in his critique of those who are in power until right. Trump. he criticized obama he criticized bush and then he completely you know took yeah. the trump uh whatever you want Although to he has it.
2: changed on that recently over the vaccine i don't know if you've been paying attention to that what he but, said well he he's like calling the vaccine a vial of poison and donald trump isn't willing to you know, drop his endorsement of the vaccine and act like it was the True. great savior of humanity. And so, Alex Jones has actually kind of dumped him for Desantis lately.
0: I mean, did he recognize anything with Trump when it came to Dershowitz? Like his law- <laughs> Donald Trump's lawyer, was also Jeffrey Epstein's lawyer. Like, did he also work yeah. for OJ? Did he back in the day? Probably. I, don't I, don't know. Guess. I mean. It's like these celebrity lawyers types. Yeah. But I, I certainly wanna wouldn't wanna have representation from someone that protected
2: a mass rapist,
1: mm-hmm. no. child
2: rapist. Trump said he was gonna drain the swamp and then he like hired PNAC, basically. You know, John Bolton <laughs> yeah. and all these <laughs> hacks. It's just awful. Oh, it was terrible.
1: So Jones is now officially anti libertarian as of this week, basically. So. Yeah, yeah, I'm, actually, I'm okay though, with this.
2: If anyone watching knows the show Liberty Lockdown, it's uh, Clint Russell, he's a friend of mine. He's actually mm-hmm. gonna have Alex Jones on his show sometime next week, and he's a libertarian show, so it'll be interesting. interesting. Um, They were, I mean, Jones was critiquing libertarianism, saying that it has no answer to corporatism.
1: Walmart is both a corporation and a business, right? So there's the business of buying cheap things from China or wherever and then selling them to you at, uh, you know, a discount or, you know, whatever their business is. And then there's the corporation that protects them from liability for their, you know, for their corporate masters. Right. So that's what, that's what would be one of the things that would be different in a libertarian society is we wouldn't need that crap. Now, that's not to say that there shouldn't be protections for, like, stockholders, right? So, like, if you own stock in a company and somebody kills another person or somebody gets crushed by a forklift or, you know, something happens on the job— the stockholders shouldn't be held responsible for the day-to-day decisions of the employees of the company. Those right. individuals should be held right. responsible. And I think that that's just something that would shake out in the marketplace. Like juries or arbiters or arbitrators would, would understand mm-hmm. the, those differences. You don't need a file folder with a corporate gang known as the government to you know protect you from those i feel like it's a
0: cop-out for corporations because they're lobbying the government to write all these regulations and these are the ones that are abusive that the left is really that what the left used to be so against but now it just seems like oh if as long as it's favoring us we'll let them do it (laughs) we'll build all this legislation to restrict everyone and make them wear masks and have to get the the fouchy ouchy and to be able to function society. And it's okay. And you now it's this way. But the way it was before, it just doesn't make any sense um, to them. And the reality is, it's like less government people. Less government is the solution. Less control, um,
1: cent- uh, less de- uh, centralization, more decentralization. Right. Without all the, you mentioned the regulations. Without the regulations, then you have the opportunity mm-hmm. for people who maybe are poor or lower middle class or they don't have a whole lot in, you know, funds mm-hmm. to be able to open up a business.
4: I had a call in when um, you brought up uh, Alex Jones. Someone had mentioned that this conversation somewhere in, in, in the Matrix chat, but I wasn't going to look, that, look it up or anything. But when you mentioned um, Alex Jones, and I think it was on Crowder, if this is the same conversation it was mentioned in the um, chat. But anyways talking about how libertarians don't have an answer to corporatism or whatever mm-hmm. and um, i mean like first of all like what i don't what's what's your answer what's your actual viable answer just it's always it's always first critique is it's always like libert yeah libertarians or any other sort of kind of decentralist you know or anti authoritarian ideology is like you don't have a plan you don't have a plan for something that 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 happens now and and, and you know with, with all the, the I'm getting a little lost in all the
1: use when you say you don't have a plan are you talking about Jones or libertarians
4: libertarians like you, you don't have a plan to be, to prevent X well <sighs> I, I don't highly don't, I doubt that he has any kind of actual viable plan to prevent uh, you know a uh, Vague and really broad-based thing, you know, corporate control and corporate centralization and everything. But libertarians definitely do have critiques of big business and, and big corporations. Whether you're going to go yeah. back to way before libertarians, I mean, Adam Smith got the the, the um the founder or whatever, the guy that first um, did the scholarship on capitalism, which wasn't talking about capitalism at all. Hugely critical of business interests way back then. All the way to like someone like Murray Rothbard, who is who is absolutely um very much into, like, very left-wing critiques of what big business did in the progressive era and revisionist history on that and everything. But it's been constant, and it's just been, for various reasons, There's if, if there's anything where libertarians have not messaged this very well. It's been the exception, I think, basically, or it's been the fault of maybe libertarians for a while in not messaging that because that's very much a part of it. Well,
1: just to clarify, when you say the libertarians aren't messaging, you're saying that generally you feel as though libertarians don't focus on the issue of corporate control and a connection to the state and their power because of that?
4: I think that there was a period of time where maybe that was not the emphasis to libertarians. So people have the kind of you know uh, p- impression that libertarians are all for business, for corporate control. I mean, well, that, those want, are two different um, things.
1: Yeah.
5: We have a, a convicted felon who did five years in jail, okay. and now for he's what? going to be asked. He, so
1: for what? What did the felon go to prison for?
5: Okay, so he had a um, like a theft ring. He Ooh. stole a bunch of stuff. They had him on camera that he ran a theft ring.
1: Okay, that's bad.
5: Okay, so, I think, I think so but he will be um, on the ballot running for state representative.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. So I now know, he's going to be I a professional been. thief. <laughs> he well, he I did mean, it and, in the black market. Now he's going legit. perfect. Yeah. What do you think well, about this, I guess Sarah?
5: It's, uh, well, uh, I mean, look at this. Do you know which party he's going to run on? He's going to run on the Republican Party.
1: I don't think it matters. And,
5: uh, well, I mean, that's... Go figure, a, you know, right? <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, that goes to tell me that I'm a Democrat. So that you are? Proves to me that... Yes, I am a Democrat. Wait, wait,
1: I thought you were a communist.
5: Well, Democrat Socialist. I oh. am a... Um,
1: communist. A yes. communist yeah.
5: that works for the <laughs> A Democratic Party, and a lot of people uh, have asked: Is the Democratic Party the Communist Party or Socialist? Well, isn't party there that- a
1: Socialist Party like the Socialist Workers Party? DSA. Or, wait, are, you, are you also a Democratic Socialist of a? Are you also yeah. a Nationalist? Right. Do you believe in
5: Nationalism? Well, <laughs> oh, that, that's what I'm talking about. So they, No, they I know. I'm just curious. Together. I'm just curious
0: to. We can carry on. But are, are you a nationalist <laughs> yeah, too?
5: I, I don't know what that means, but uh, but that goes to tell me that the Republican Party—they're a bunch of cricks. But you, you guys claim that all the politicians are crooks. But yes, I yes, think right. the, the Republicans are even more of a crook uh, because they actually hired a felon, and there's a judge that allow him to be put on the ballot. That's
0: hey, want to hear something crazy, Sarah? You got to hear this. It's this crazy. My friend, okay, Jason Gerhardt, he is a felon. He just won. He, he's in. He's now he's a, a, a House rep. He's, no, awesome. he's not a House rep yet. What? Is, oh he won no, the no primary. Right, right, right. He's going yeah. to primary. He won the primary. But, but he um, is
1: awesome, and, I, and we we love Gerhardt. Yeah,
0: here. and uh, you know I'm proud of his felony charge. Um, you know I don't think he should went to jail, but uh, I don't know about the theft ring you're talking about. Like I want to hear more about what that theft ring was, because like maybe yeah, this what guy was he stealing. Yeah, I mean was he like stealing back his taxes type of thing?
5: No, they're stealing things out of stores and stuff like that. But what's funny is that he actually had a a degree from UNIM afterwards. So he okay, well, up is his ass.
1: yeah, I was going to say, isn't it possible that he's no longer the person that he once right. was? Can't people change? Right, that,
5: that's how we. That, so that we had a judge here that allowed him to be put on the ballot because I changed I was I was young. I was stupid. Okay, and I got a degree from UNIM. I turned my life around. So I want to be able to run. But he ran for the. Uh, Obviously, the Republican Party is a a crooked party.
3: I'm sure you all have heard that the uh, Facebook people have been collecting communications between private citizens uh, in regards to uh, January 6th and the uh, 2020 election. And this is without a subpoena. This is without probable cause. And they've been collecting this information and sending it directly to the FBI's, uh, uh, domestic terrorism units.
5: Mm -hmm. Uh,
3: now after they've collected, they've collected these from, uh, from state representatives, uh, from individual citizens, uh, and, uh, they've collected, uh, the most famous, I would think, was the My Pillow guy. What's his name? Michael Lindell. Knows mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. from a Facebook. And collected po- all post? of his,
3: and because he wrote a Facebook uh, streaming video, and uh, so they sent that information to the FBI's domestic terrorism unit. And then they, uh, about a month and a half later, they decided to ambush this fella, uh, Mike Lindell at a Hardy's drive through Yeah, that was a couple of days and ago. They, any- uh, they took his phone.
1: They had a warrant to Correct. seize his they phone.
3: His phone. Yep. Yes. And they didn't give him a reason why they just nope. took his phone. And uh, I'll tell you just, why. Uh, it's
1: because they want to get as much evidence about Trump and his associates as they possibly can. That's obviously what's, uh, what's going on here. But what you're saying to me isn't a surprise about Facebook. Uh, we know that Facebook, yes. of course, in the beginning of actually prior to – the COVID really kicking off in March of uh, 2020, Facebook had already uh-huh. entered into an agreement with the NIH or whoever it was, the, the federal government gang, to give them free advertising, millions of dollars worth of advertising for free right in time for well, yeah. uh, the COVID rollout. I mean, these these people have been working hand in hand with the state as, you know, over the last decade. So what you're saying is not a shock, but
3: there it is. Well, they're doing this without authority from the law actually well they don't need There's, to
1: they it's their private uh, platform and they can give over whatever they want to i mean look if you if well, you're giving them the information they do it. what they want with it
0: believe it or not facebook has a law enforcement backdoor and you can go to it but don't try to you know get into it mm-hmm. right yeah, so well, you just sign up uh, your name in official capacity and they'll just reveal whatever they want so whatever you've done on facebook yeah. anyone listening out there it is easily accessible absolutely
3: well the FBI is doing something highly illegal What's that? They, they don't have probable cause. They they're not. They do not have a subpoena to acquire. They, the, don't, need they it. don't
1: need yeah. it. I get yeah. what you're saying, and I want you to be right. About I this, wish I had
0: those protections with yeah. those things.
1: And that's just you know, if you don't, if you don't, you're afraid to get caught with something. Don't, don't do anything Facebook. on Facebook. <laughs> you just listened to the new extended free talk live daily digest. We felt this format was more appropriate for our podcast audience and decided to make it our official podcast. If you subscribe to the Daily Digest or full episode RSS feeds, please resubscribe to the main FTL podcast feed, which you can find at feeds.freetalklive.com. The other feeds rely on a third-party service, and though they'll have the same content, we can't be sure how long they'll stay online. If you still want the entire radio show, you can listen live every night from 7 to 10 Eastern at freetalklive.com. Full video archives are at video.freetalklive.com or tune in to our 24-7 stream for the latest show at listen.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live's amps will continue to receive the full two-hour radio show with no recorded commercials via podcast through Patreon. So please join amps.freetalklive.com for just $5 a month. Thank you for listening to and sharing Free Talk Live.